We usually have probably once a year, definitely a jellied salad. Like a peach oh, jelly, man, salad jelly salad or an orange jelly salad. I love them. Okay. Jelly salad, <laughs> when you, I, I can't look at it because it actually tastes good. But when you look at it, you think this is gelatinous goo that I'm putting into my body. This yeah. is gross. I think it's going to go out of my body the same way it's going into my body. Same consistency probably. I mean, I, I do find it a weird side to a meal because it's very sweet. So you'd almost think that it was a, it's a dessert, dessert. Yeah. But it's not. It is with the no. rest of it. The turkey. <laughs> no, no, no. The, the asparagus. The, yeah. The fact that we call it salad, that's BS. It is There's a salad. No, no technically, yeah. it is technically a salad. I'm pretty sure it was coined in like the 50s. Right. So yeah. what is the requirement of a salad? I think there <laughs> needs to be at least one green item in it. You can put, you can make them green and have shaved carrots <laughs> in them. Shut yeah. Up. Just uh, use lime jello. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. And if you're joining us here, I'm going to assume you love romantic comedies. We do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Today we have... Bridget Jones Diary. Is it Bridget Jones's Diary or Bridget Jones Diary? Jones's Diary? I don't know. Bridget Jones's Diary. It's a 2001 romantic comedy directed by Sharon McGuire. It's based on the 1996 novel by Helen Fielding. This movie led Renee Zellweger to an Academy Award nomination, a BAFTA, Golden Globe, and Empire Award nominations, and she was nominated for MTV Movie Award for Best Kiss. Well, it was good kiss. Well, which one do you think it was? The one with with Mark Darcy. Colin Firth. Yeah. You're right. That was, was the one that was nominated. Yeah. But uh, I don't want to jump too far ahead. I thought the Hugh Grant kiss was also very impressive. You mentioned it. You actually said, oh, oh, that's a good oh first kiss. Yeah. yeah. Bridget Jones's Diary is the story <laughs> of Bridget Jones, played by Renee Zellweger. She's an early 30s perpetually single British woman who's kind of struggling to find happiness and and love in her life. And after vowing to change her life, she starts writing a diary to help keep her on track. And as she starts this diary, she finds the attention of two men. There's Daniel Cleaver, played by uh, Hugh Grant. He is her boss at the publishing company she works at. And over time, another guy comes into the picture, Mark Darcy, played by Colin Firth, I won't get too far into how this love triangle plays out, but it's kind of an easy setup to start us off. What are your thoughts on Bridget Jones' diary? Sir, still not married yet, eh, Bridge? How's your love life? How's your love life? How's your love life? Haven't had a sniff of a date in over 18 months. Have you met Miss Jones? In every life, there comes a time. Mark? You remember Bridget? She used to run around your lawn with no clothes on, remember? To turn the page to a new beginning. Mind the step. She's fine. Bye-bye. <laughs> For Bridget Jones, that time is now. I decided to get a grip on my life and start a diary. Resolution number one will not be paranoid about weight. Shaz, is it because I'm overweight that things never work out? Yes. <sighs> will develop in a poise. <laughs> will not form romantic attachments to any of the following. Alcoholics, workaholics, sleeping toms, or perverts. And will not fantasize about a particular person who embodies all these things. My boss. So I was wondering if you might care for dinner. 
on Friday night. Um, this movie was good. I haven't seen it in years. Um, the rewatch, you know, I wasn't blown away. Um, I think, like I said, I've seen it years ago, probably when it first came out or a little bit after. I like the storyline. I like the struggle of singlehood and living up to society's expectations of how women are supposed to look or act or be. Um, because I think society is really hard on women and um, it sucks. It blows. Yeah. So I did appreciate this, that, you know, it was it was a movie about, you know, not looking perfect and not her navigating it. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. The reason this movie is such a classic is clear to me. Like, I, I think it's a really good movie. British comedy always totally. gets me. But it's <laughs> that, and I think you're getting at this, it's that you... You see a lot of people in Renee Zellweger's performance as Bridget, jo- Bridget Jones, or you are Bridget Jones, or you like know someone who is a Bridget Jones. It's kind of like Trainwreck in that way. That it's a very, <laughs> it's a very real character, yeah. right? It's a yeah. relatable person. She hit that like every woman has struggled with life and love angle. I think she hit that really, really well. Yeah, is Trainwreck the newer version, version of, of Bridget Jones's the Diary? Americanized version, yeah. Maybe? And you know what? I don't even know if it's a compliment for Renee. Renee, like you achieved a feat of being attractive and charming while still being average enough that we can all relate to you. Is that is that a good thing or a well, bad thing? I don't know. You know what? I'll get I'll get more into it in quick facts. But like she gained weight for oh, this role. She? Yeah, okay. yeah. So it starts off with Bridget heading to a Christmas party that her parents put on every year. There are some real characters in her family. The creepy uncle, the overbearing, wanting your daughter to get married mother, the loving, caring, best friend father. Her mother always, always trying to set her up with guys, trying to get her married off. (laughs) And this time, it's good old Mark Darcy who is the target. So she comes into um, to curry dinner at her parents. Mom set her up with Mark Darcy, who is Colin Firth. Doesn't go well. She, they're no. not vibing in a very, very, like the tension was thick enough you could cut it. You know? Yeah. And I think throughout the movie, you do see almost how awkward Mark Darcy is. Yeah. Like he is extremely awkward in social situations. And I, and I, I think this initial interaction, they haven't seen each other for a really long time. They knew each other growing up as kids. Is it just his awkwardness that makes it even more terrible? Well, and then she's like cracking jokes and he's oh, yeah. just an uncomfortable guy. His performance reminds me a lot of um, Love Actually when he falls in love with that Portuguese lady. <gasps> oh my gosh, yes. It's just kind of like yeah. a weird uncomfortable love story that like I think works, but it's still strange. Yeah, did, did Love Actually <laughs> take a look at this movie and said, oh, he's really good at being awkward? Do the same character Let's again. Let's do this again. <laughs> just be the same guy. Yeah. yeah. And... He is wearing a very ugly Christmas sweater, and he is the only one. And it really doesn't go the way you think it would. Like, they'd hit it off. He's wearing an ugly Christmas sweater. She's coming in awkwardly after her mom trying to set her up. Like, you'd think the pair would kind of match. But he actually totally shuts her down. And Bridget later on hears him talking to his mother about how she's, like, just, you know, a drunk chain smoker, single and still, you know, still single and in her 30s. Yeah. And he's very rude about it. It wasn't he nice. He totally is. He's so socially awkward. And Bridget overhears it, which she is so another thing to be, you know, upset about your life with. Bridget's mom brings around gherkins on a on toothpicks. I don't even what are gherkins? Okay, gherkins are mini pickles. 
Oh. They're like the tiny, tiny, like they almost look miniature, like they could fit in a dollhouse. Am I like a like a plebeian because I would just call them small pickles? I think that's yeah. what, like when I'm anywhere, I'm like, oh, can I get some of those tiny little pickles? Those are gherkins. <laughs> the way you said that, can I get some tiny little pickles? Can I get pickles? one of those tiny little pickles, please? Yeah, right, um, right over here. Thank you. Yes. Those, so are, those gherkins. are gherkins. Wow. Yeah. And um, <laughs> she's notorious for these. Like she brings them out at every single, you know, traditional holiday dinner. Um, do you have a staple at every family gathering for you? Uh, in terms of food, not really. I just want to throw it out there. I cannot be the only person who did not know that those were gherkins. <laughs> Should have said in the comments on Instagram, okay, at Romcom Rewind. Uh, no, not really. I mean, for like big dinners, we do like Yorkshire pudding as like one of the sides, Ooh, which is okay. kind of a big thing. But aside from that, there's nothing. Yeah, your mom does make really good Yorkshire she pudding. It's a mean Yorkshire pudding. And this is a British romantic comedy. It all works out. We usually have probably once a year, definitely a jellied salad. Like a peach oh, jelly, man, salad jelly salad or an orange jelly salad. I love them. Okay, jelly salad, <laughs> when you, I, I can't look at it because it actually tastes good. But when you look at it, you think this is gelatinous goo that I'm putting into my body. This yeah. is gross. I think it's going to go out of my body the same way it's going into my body. Same consistency, probably. I mean, I, I do find it a weird side to a meal because it's very sweet. So you'd almost think that it was a, a dessert, dessert. Yeah. But it's not. It is with the no. rest of it. The turkey. <laughs> no, no, no. The, the asparagus. The, yeah. The fact that we call it salad, that's BS. It is There's a salad. No, no technically, yeah. it is technically a salad. I'm pretty sure it was coined in like the 50s. Right. So yeah. what is the requirement of a salad? I think there needs to be at least <laughs> one green item in it. You can put, you can make them green and have <laughs> shaved carrots. Carrots in them. Yeah, just use lime jello. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Um, So her parents, we we get the impression that her mom is kind of always trying to set her up. Yes. At every, you know, every time she comes home, her mom's setting her up with someone. To little success as well. Evidently. What was the worst part for you of coming home for the holidays and kind of dealing with with your parents. Did they ever like pull any of that BS on you? No, they never tried to set me up. But what I always found when I came home from school was um, when I would be leaving to go see my friends or go hang out with me, where are you going? What time are you oh going to be God, back? It's so annoying. And yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know where we're I'm going. I'm in my we're 20s. Just, I can do what yeah, I want. I got we're, a car. We're just going to meet up or, yeah. or you know, I don't know what we're going to do. So I don't know what time I'm going to be late. Oh, okay. Well, can you let me know? Sure. And you were so used to doing your own thing. Oh, as soon at as you school. get that freedom, you come back home and you're like, F off, mom. Get, a, get out of my case. Come it, it was a struggle. And maybe you listening have had the same situation. My parents thought that I lived in like a time capsule when I left home because <laughs> there were times where I lived like fairly far away from my parents and I would come back home and they would be like, oh, like, did you did you bring some laundry for us to do? I'm like, guys, I got on a four-hour flight to get here. I didn't bring a laundry basket with me. Do you think I don't do laundry? And they genuinely were like, well, I don't know. Like, you haven't done laundry in a long time. It's like, I haven't lived at home in a long time. I've been doing laundry where I've been living, which is not here. And they just did not understand that concept. I remember when I was in residence at university, um, there were a few people who didn't know how to do laundry. And so our okay. resident advisor in first year had to show them how to do laundry. That's that's adorable, by L- the way. Yes. Um, little known fact, I lit the microwave on fire how? because I forgot to put water in my um, Mr. Noodles. Oh, so, so you're just at roasting least, ramen in the microwave. Yeah, yeah in, in <laughs> wow. a styrofoam bowl and it caught on fire and the entire floor... Um, So from then on, I knew how to make ramen noodles. Isn't this an episode of The Office? 
It's like season two. <laughs> yes. Ryan tries to microwave something and sets something on fire. Yes. That's why. That's me. Apparently, in business school, they don't teach you how to operate a toaster oven because some smart, sexy temp left his cheese pita on oven instead of timing it for the toaster thing. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Well, I guess they don't teach how to operate a toaster oven in business school. That's exactly what I said. Hey, did you miss that day there, Ryan? Were you absent? To- toaster oven 101. You failed? I'm so sorry. <laughs> They call him Fire Guy. For yeah, we had to get rid of hey, the, the uh, microwave because it smelled like burnt. Oh, my God. Burnt ramen. From this kind of after Christmas, she decides that she's going to come up with some resolutions for New Year's. Do you still have New Year's resolutions? Like, do you feel like you ever reach them? No, I don't oh, even okay. do them anymore. I don't set any New Year's resolutions. I try. I think every year. Really? I do. You haven't given up yet. Um, I, I'm at the no. point where I've given up on improving myself that much <laughs> i think i do ones like you know uh read read more or um use less waste like oh, okay, um try to be more um environmentally friendly See, and I, work on those i agree with that but like i don't like the sentiment that like wow new year new me oh yeah it's like no. you can wake up on a wednesday in July and decide, <laughs> hey, you know what? Maybe I should compost <laughs> more. You know, you know what's like... funny, though? We always do New Year's resolutions on New Year's, but shouldn't we do new or resolutions like New Year, New Me on our birthdays? Because that's when Technically, we're born. Technically, that's the new year for you. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Why not? There you go. I agree. Everyone, if you want to start in July, you can start in July. But if I'm, you want to start in October, start you can start you in want. October. Just if you want to be a better person, go ahead and do it. Today. I love... <laughs> Just the concept of somebody being like, oh, I could change my life, but it is I'm gonna wait November, till January. so I might, I might wait a good month and I'm a half. Wait, yeah, I'm going to wait till uh, January 1 <laughs> make those changes. <laughs> yeah. So Bridget and her boss, Daniel Hugh Grant, they start flirting very heavily. They do. Um, Hot and heavy. I'll be honest. It's 2001. I don't think you could do this movie the same way again without some workplace harassment conversations coming up big time i'll be honest hugh grant ends up making it charming he makes some kind of sur- skirt joke i still don't understand i think it was a joke about how it her was skirt so wasn't, high it was so high that like he's it was like, really she, short yeah and that's kind of he emailed her that she emailed him back yeah a quirky funny little quip as british people do you know and and they start that they start getting attracted to each other. Yeah, and I will seems. admit the the skirt joke um, took me a little bit to get. Yeah, I, we had to go back and re <laughs> rewatch it. Like, wait, the skirt? Are you missing your skirt? I don't understand. Yeah, I think it was because it was so short that she left it at home. Right. Ha ha. She was um, also wearing what she was wearing out the night before. So yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think like a big part of this movie for me was that um, Bridget Jones or Renee Zellweger spoke very softly in this movie and so you really had to listen to her when she spoke and you had to have the volume up quite high captions might even help to be honest captions might have helped yes (laughs) i didn't think of that um yeah that was the one note for me she spoke very softly in this movie so sometimes i couldn't quite hear which is why we had to rewind the skirt joke because i didn't quite catch it so at this point in the movie daniel and bridget are they're really flirting and their company are launching a new book. And they have a launch party for that book. For some absurd reason, they decide, hey, Bridget Jones, she's going to be the one who's going to step up to introduce the author. And side note, uh, Mark Darcy is also at this party. 
can't really remember why, but he was there. Yeah, he's always there. He just shows up places that she is also at. But Bridget Jones, she's announcing the book, and she calls it the greatest book of all time. And then as she gazes out <laughs> into the crowd, she realizes, oh my God, there are a lot of other authors who are clients of our company in the audience. Welcome to the launch of Kafka's Motorbike, the greatest book of our time. Obviously, except for your books, Mr. Rushdie, which are also very good. It was awkward. It, she was circling the drain there in terms of, have you ever had a notoriously bad public speaking moment or just speeches? I don't think so. I, I'm always nervous that something will happen. I mean, I, I have gotten up in front of my high school and sang before. Not What did you sing? Not sing, like not a nice sa- song. I sang Oscar Mayer Wiener song. What, how old were you? I was in high school. Oh no. Yeah. Well, so what happened? So what happened was, um, it was the talent show and, uh, or no, a pep rally. And I was going to say talent show. Oh my God. No, I definitely should never do that again. In, in retrospect, it was quite embarrassing and I will never do that again. Um, but there was a, there was a team that was putting together like a little skit, but they were late. I don't know what happened. And, myself and another girl we went up and we needed to waste time because we were kind of hosting it and um yeah we sang that song so to stretch for time you're like Mm -hmm. what's a song we know for sure well the oscar i wish i were an oscar Oscar Mayer. wow sarah um i'm not funny so i couldn't tell jokes stand up is not my thing um so that's what i sang i don't know why i could have sang a lot of other songs that I know off by heart, but I sang that one. Again, retrospect, very embarrassing. I was the MC for a little like tiny music festival when I lived out west. Cool. And there was one time, so the, the main headliners, I didn't know this. one night uh, were a country band. I honestly can't really remember who they were. Oh my god. I might have repressed the memory from now. <laughs> but someone backstage said like, "Hey, you should tell like such and such a joke when you get up there." And I can't really remember the joke, but I thought it was kind of funny. So before introducing the band. I don't know why, but I thought, yeah, you know what? That joke just floated into my mind, and I told the joke. Oh, Honest to God, crickets. It was so <gasps> oh, awkward no. that the lead singer, like the band's kind of getting set up, and I was the MC, being like, hey, <laughs> thanks to the sponsors, blah, blah, blah. Told a little joke. The lead singer got on the mic. He's like, dude, that was horrible. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. It was so bad. Oh, but the God. band called it out. They're like, dude, we're going to perform, and you just told that <laughs> crappy joke. I'm like, all right. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. So, so you know what? If you ever have to, like, uh, do any speeches or um, or MC anything in your life, I learned one piece of advice. Don't take advice mm. from literally anybody except for the organizers or those people who give you a script. If there's like some random guy having a cigarette backstage, he's probably like some lighting dude. Don't take advice from that guy because yeah. he's going to tell you a horrible joke and you're going to tell it on stage. It's going to be bad. Yeah, because that's the only thing that you can remember. Yeah. And it just like throws up he's out probably six beers deep at this point his oh job's done the lights are ready to go and he's just having a cigarette being like hey bro like uh, you know what's funny yeah no, that's a bad guy to talk to it's really bad but this brings us to an opportunity where daniel cleaver yes. comes in mm-hmm. and he kind of gives her the well that was horrible do you want to go out for dinner which i mean coming from anybody else it would be like <laughs> no idiot but coming from hugh grant you're like nah fair enough let's go for dinner yeah yeah and then um but we can't forget Mark and Daniel know each other right so from what we as the audience believe Daniel had a fiance 
Daniel being Hugh Grant. Colin Firth's character, Mark, slept with Daniel's fiance. Mm-hmm. And, and Bridget kind of picks up on this. She's chatting with Mark, and she notices that he's staring like intensely at Daniel. So she's kind of aware, and that's why she asks Daniel, hey, do you know Mark? And blah, blah, blah. He tells her this story, which at the time we believed to be factual. Yes. Might yes. Dun, dun, but regardless, dun. Daniel takes her home, and... Uh, they do it. They do it. They do it. He even remarks about her grandma underwear. And he still, they, yeah. they still do it. Now, these are very silly little boots, Joan. And this is a very silly little dress. And um, these are absolutely enormous panties. Like, I mean, I know the tummy control that she wanted and desired with that dress that she wore, but like really, yeah, not ideal choice for underwear for that night. Okay, so like what percentage of, if you're just going to a random party, Mm -hmm. are you always thinking, hey, let's say a guy takes my clothes off tonight. What do we if you're at? single, is that something that you constantly well, you have in mind? Should be single. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to wear like gross underwear. But I mean, like a hundred percent of the time, are you thinking about that it's every single party? Pretty close wow. when you're getting ready. Wow. I knew somebody who used to match their underwear and bra every single day. That's that's absurd. Every single day, it matched. I am not kidding you. She was really ready for for, for any I guess situation. So. Yes. <laughs> but I remember like being like, like no, like there's gotta be she's like, no, they matched in some like color or design so or she's, whatever. She's going to the zoo. She's she's just going to the drugstore to grab I don't know, she whatever. might I don't know, but who knows? Always, I could meet the guy in my dreams and he yeah. could want to have sex with me right this second. Yeah. I mean she'd be ready. Yeah. That's preparedness. It was. It really was. I mean, I all I thought of was like the dollar signs, the amount of money that she'd spend on bras and underwear. Oh, true. That's a good point. So just quickly, her parents are going through a rough patch, and so they actually end up splitting up. Um, Bridget's mom, which like, it's an interesting sideline story that her mom basically runs off with the guy from the the shopping infomercial yeah it's the shopping yeah. channel on tv who sells jewelry yeah and who's basically orange i he, think they make the jaundice joke in there yeah yeah they <laughs> do and she ends up becoming his his like vanna white like displaying yes. the jewelry and stuff on tv yes and so like which only twists the knife around for the dad because then like so bridget walks in and he's just watching the shopping channel yeah and there's the guy who's banging his wife and his wife. Oh, it's so awkward. Together. That's horrible. Also, side note, you dated yourself by saying Vanna White. Yeah. So, um, what's like when a magician has an assistant? Oh, is that how, how we that? describe it? To- <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but not everybody's going to know the Vanna White. You're right. You're absolutely right. So, they go on a weekend away. Bridget's family has this like thing at the end of the weekend, but instead, they kind of leave a few days earlier to get a mini like. I don't know, getaway in. Is this when you know you're in a relationship? Thank you. I was ha- I was so hoping you were going to bring that because up. Because that's what Bridget thinks. She said yes. she calls it like a mini break a or whatever. A mini break. Does that mean that he's committed? I'm no longer tragic spinster, but proper girlfriend of bona fide sex god. So committed that he's taking me on a full-blown mini break holiday weekend. She thinks so. Yes. Do you think that's the case? I think if you're willing to spend that much time together, yeah, like you guys are dating. You don't think so? I think guys will go to great lengths (laughs) 
to get laid and like a weekend <laughs> out at some like they they got their own room it's like a nice little chalet kind of vibe i guess that's romantic you don't care because you'd want I, I think just like daniel's situation yeah. hey like that's that's coitus in a different place we're just gonna coitus have sex somewhere else awesome place. i'm down for that sure let's go Oh my gosh. And then he ditches early, which is classic. Oh it's yeah. It's a classic move. Yeah. So like they're in bed and she asks him if he loves her, but when they wake up. Oh my God. And Terrible she, move by yeah, the way. Yeah. Don't do that. And he needs to go back to the office right away. Is it because he later reveals that the U.S. He later reveals that the U.S. is coming because they want to buy the company and he's in hot water and blah, 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 blah. But I think it's really because she said that, like, do you love me? For sure. And listen, like, if you're in that situation, anytime a guy feigns some kind of work, like, oh, my God, like, I just got a call from my boss and blah, blah. That's the easiest excuse. Yeah. That is so simple Like, pull, shoot, pull, shoot, pull, yeah, shoot. Yeah, yeah. So, no, it's definitely because she said, I love you. Shouldn't have done that. You got to, hey, you got the fish on the line, but you can't reel it in too fast, Bridget. You got to, you got to play around a little bit. Play the game. Yes. Yeah. You got to wait a little bit longer before you like play the love card. Um, Two cute things about this weekend though. Well, no, sorry. One cute thing. The boat scene was cute the and boat funny. boat scene was adorable. Very, very cute. When Hugh Grant Loved is standing it. on both He also looks with- really hot in that in that scene yeah he does mm-hmm. he's standing on both boats he's got a cigarette in his mouth once again i think he's got a beer can in the other <laughs> i can't remember like, i'm yeah. the greatest ever <laughs> some shit like that mark darcy is staring longingly so my other note was like turns out that natasha and mark are there again so natasha is yeah. mark's like pseudo girlfriend but like not really because mark doesn't really want to date her but her parents, his parents have pushed her on him. Yep. So she turns up to the party that her family's been putting on as a bunny. It's a Tarts and Vickers party. Or it's, um, yeah, Tarts and Vickers. I'm happy you know or remember what it well, is. Well, I had to look it up because it's absurd. I don't know if this is a British thing, but it's essentially half of the, uh, the males are like priests and some kind of the religious figures, I guess. Yeah. And which, the, the women are. Which did not age well. Bunnies and, um. Sleuths? Yeah, I don't I don't know the proper word. I don't really know. It's not a good look. It's and then definitely awkward. It turned out that uh, the party theme had changed, and Nobody. Bridget Jones was the only one who didn't know. Well, and her dad. Oh, that's and right. And I her, think another cousin. One other guy was like a, a cardinal or something. Yes, yeah. yeah. It uh, was very, yes, very awkward. Um, yeah, it was the creepy uncle's decision not to tell Bridget. Bridget comes back to town to see Daniel, and... She's suspicious kind of thing when she gets back. She goes, oh, I just wanted to see you. And then she hears a noise and she checks the bedroom. Nobody's there. And then as she's on her way out, she sees a cardigan of that's pink. So of another woman and runs upstairs and sees this woman sitting in the bathroom naked and says, and she says, the woman sitting on the thing says, I thought you said she was skinny. Daniel Cleaver's been cheating. That's awful. And here's the thing. That woman is his American fiance. Oh my God, I know. He wasn't cheating on Bridget Jones. He was cheating with Bridget Jones, but it seems like they had an open... Yeah, she was the other woman. That was a fun twist. Was it a fun twist? Yeah? Yeah, that was was a fun twist. Fun twist twist for you? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We needed some conflict in our story. (laughs) Yeah, like how was everything going to come to a head, right? And it does a few times in this movie. Everything kind of comes to a head. Multiple. There are many uh, impassioned speeches in this movie, I found. That are all terrible, yes. Well, not all terrible. 
but a lot of them are terrible. They're kind of they're kind of odd. They're especially the ones from Mark Darcy are a little bit off. <gasps> oh, it's yes. like off pace. You know, mm. it's like somebody throws a ball at you and it's just coming a little too slowly. You don't know if you should reach out and grab it or if it's going to come to you. Oh, if that makes sense. My God, that is such a good description <laughs> of what his conversations are. Yeah, you you it's think just kind of floating in the yeah. air a little too long. So she again decides. So this is like, you know, New Year's resolution, but in the middle. She gets rid of the cigs, gets a whole bunch of self-help books, does another kickstart to her life. She gets a new job. She quits in the most epic way by telling Daniel Cleaver off in front of everyone. Do you have any good quitting stories? I don't. I don't think I've ever quit. Because this is a great quitting story. Oh, my God. Bridget learns of Daniel's infidelity. He is, excuse me, engaged to this American woman. Uh, she decides, I cannot still keep working with this man. So she quits. Yeah. And when he tries to argue <laughs> with her about it in front of the entire office, it's kind of one of those moments where everybody's oh. eyes are on them. Well, I just think you should know that, um, Simon. you know, there are lots of prospects here for a talented Daniel, we Yeah, we... just give me a minute, will you, Simon? Thanks. Right here, boss man. Lots of prospects for a person who, uh, you know, perhaps for personal reasons has been slightly overlooked professionally. Thank you, Daniel. That is very good to know. But if staying here means working within ten yards of you, frankly, I'd rather have a job wiping Saddam Hussein's ass. So good. Mic drop. Absolutely. Here we go, Bridget. Yep. Yep. And then she starts her new job as a, a reporter, and her first gig is a disaster. It's at the firehouse. Do you remember this? Can I say, this is the one part where the movie really lost me. As somebody who works in media, there is no possible way that they are hiring a random woman <laughs> off the street to be on camera. That's crazy. They were really desperate. That, but how? You it's have, a very good question. You, you have like so many people just dying for the chance to get on camera. And then you're like, all right, guys, listen. I know you're all wondering about the new um, on-camera reporter. It's Bridget Jones, and you just roll out this random woman from off the street. People are going to hate that. That's ridiculous. It's true. And, like, you know, it was an interesting scene because, like... Oh, I, her butt hitting the camera? Yeah, yeah, super, yeah like, that would never have aired. Super, no, it would, would not. would never have. have aired. You would never put a green uh, reporter live on the air anyway. You would, no. That's that's all pre-recorded cuts. Yes, okay. You're so right. It would never have been I mean, live. I know I'm taking, like, the annoying analytical look at this. Like, oh, in, in actual media, you know what they do. <laughs> so, for the movie, sure. Like, it's funny. It yeah. spurred the story It's a movie, Devin. God. Yeah, God. Okay, so they have a family dinner for Bridget's birthday. Yeah. And Mark Darcy just comes over and he actually is so kind to her and helps her cook the meal, which I thought was really cute. Well, before that, we do have a moment where she goes over to like a like a couple's like oh, a yes. friend's okay. hangout. Sorry, sorry. That's what I have. And yeah. Mark Darcy is there with his significant other. Yes, Natasha. And, and everybody kind of makes fun of Bridget Jones for uh, the fire house scene on tv mm-hmm. and i think there were some jokes about her butt or something and, and, and her how single life and her single life so she like stomps off but this is the moment where mark darcy yes. approaches her and he says listen like i realized that when i met you at the turkey curry buffet that i was unforgivably rude and wearing a reindeer jumper that my mother had given me the day before but the thing is um what i'm trying to say very inarticulately is that, um, in fact, perhaps despite appearances, I like you very much. 
Uh, apart from the smoking and the drinking and the vulgar mother and the verbal diarrhea. No, I like you very much. Just as you are. Oh, my God. Which, like, that is a major quote from this movie. In very Colin Firth fashion, it took maybe an extra 30 seconds <laughs> to, get, to get to that point. But, yeah, it was really nice. Yes. Yeah. And and just, like, you know, throughout this little little segue, it goes into how Mark Darcy actually defends this guy who Bridget is reporting on. Yeah. And as a nice gesture, gives her an exclusive interview. So, like, all these nice things are starting to um, be seen from Mark. He's not really overly awkward with her anymore. Um, you know, he's said that he likes her just the way she is, gives her this exclusive interview, you know, comes over and wa- and helps Bridget make dinner for all of her friends for her birthday because it's going down the drain. It's a horrible, horrible mess that she's making for dinner. She has blue soup. Mm. It's terrible. <laughs> but at that friend's dinner for her birthday party, Daniel shows up. Hugh Grant walks in. And sweet talks her. Ugh. And it's so annoying because he only likes her for sex. Bridget Jones is starting to come to that realization. She's also yes. really starting to like Mark. Yeah. And then, uh, and Mark kind of sees the way that Daniel is interacting with Bridget. He decides to remove himself. He walks away. Only 15 seconds later to walk back in and be like, let's throw down. And we have a fight scene in this movie. This is my best scene. Oh, this is amazing. This is my best scene. It's actually my best scene as well. Okay. Well, I mean, it really is that good. (laughs) I loved the filming of this, how they go in and out of the Greek restaurant and how they're in the street. And just, it's too... 35-year-old men just awkwardly having a fight. You're missing the best part, Sarah. Continue. It's raining men. Oh, my God, Hallelujah, yes. Hallelujah, it's raining okay. men. As they're grappling totally with each forgot. other. And then, and then there was some great comedic moments because they're in the restaurant and then like Happy a birthday, birthday cake starts coming out. So they, they actually stop and they're like, Happy birthday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I said, the filming was just so good oh, in man. this scene. It was just back and forth and... It was so well done. They did a phenomenal job. So at the end of the fight, um, Daniel, you know, Bridget picks him up and he sweet tries to sweet talk her again because Mark Darcy just walks away. And he says, if I can't make it with you, I can't make it with anyone. And it's one of those speeches where he's saying nice things and you're like, oh, wow, maybe Daniel Cleaver isn't that bad of a guy. And then he hits that line. And it's just so shitty. What a shitty thing to say to someone. Horrible. And then as the story moves on, it turns out that Mark Darcy has also moved on. He That yes. girl who he was, I guess, pseudo dating, he's decided, yeah, that that's my girl. And actually, we're going to the States together. Yeah, so he got a job in the U.S. And yeah, she's kind of missed her chance with Mark. But she shows up at this going away party, is it? It's a party. And at that point, we learn that Darcy and his girlfriend, Mark Mark Darcy and his girlfriend are going to the United States. And she actually has a little speech here. Yes, she does. Which, again, it's not great. (laughs) Um, But it's a speech, yeah. It's something. You're haughty and you always say the wrong thing in every situation. And I seriously believe that you should rethink the length of your sideburns. You're a nice man and I like you. So do you not like the speeches in this movie? So I like some of the speeches. Her speeches make me laugh. They're okay. hilarious. Okay. They're terrible, but they're hilarious. <laughs> 
okay, good. Because I was like, the, oh, their speeches are pretty good. She thinks that he leaves. They're going to go to Paris for the weekend. Her friends are, you know, in a cab ready to go. And he shows up on, on their way or on her way to the cab. And Mark says he's staying here. And what are you doing here? I just wanted to know if you were available for bar mitzvahs and christenings as well as ruby weddings. Excellent speech. I thought that you were in America. Well, yes, I was, but um, I realized I'd forgotten something back home. Which was? Well, I realized I'd forgotten to um, kiss you goodbye. Do you mind? Her and Mark kiss. Not really. And she invites him back up. She goes into the bedroom to change into um, her leopard print underwear. And Mark Darcy reads her diary. And it's awful. I hate Mark Darcy. He's the worst kind of human. He's He's boring. She's been keeping this diary since just after she met him for the first time. And that first meeting is a very abrasive guy. She met him a few more times and he wasn't much nicer for a few of those meetings until he finally starts to warm up to her. So... I would say what was in the diary was justified, but mm-hmm. of course, he's reading it after the fact. Yes. It would appear that he's heartbroken. He, yes, it does. And he leaves and he's walking away and Bridget is yelling from the window. She puts on her running shoes, does not put on pants and runs down the street with her knickers, her leopard print knickers all the way down the street after him. That is an iconic scene. This is very close to my favorite, like the best scene for me. Um... And he wasn't actually leaving. Yeah, she catches him at like a corner store and he's like, well, I'm hanging out. He bought her a new diary for a new start, which is really cool because that's big for her throughout this movie is these new starts, these resolutions, these, these, I, you know, I'm going to stop doing this and I I want to, to kickstart my life again. But we do find out that it was actually the opposite. We find out that Mark's fiance, Mark was the one with the fiance and Daniel Cleaver was the one banged his fiance and they were actually best friends yeah so Which is it was awful totally the opposite of what we learned earlier in the movie yeah and can we just really quickly talk about the first kisses in this movie oh my the, god they the were hugh amazing grant, the hugh grant first kiss very good but mm-hmm. like man yeah the colin firth first kiss i'll be real romantic comedies take notes because you have two a plus first kisses in a movie some rom-coms can't even nail one of no, them. no you're so right they can't. Yeah. And this was epic. It was like out of this world, very well done. Like I believed they were in love both times. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. You did believe in your heart. I mean, the second time you believed a little more well, to be yes, fair because yes. you knew Colin Firth was the guy, but yeah. spoiler alert. Spoiler. Are we on to quick facts? We are. Quick facts. The source novel came about from an anonymous column about single life written by Helen Fielding. The iconic fire pole scene almost didn't make it into the movie. The day they were filming the scene, they actually had ran out of time to get the shot. However, later on, on a pickup filming day, they were able to film it. The snowy scenes at the beginning and end of the movie were inspired by It's a Wonderful Life. While filming, it took a while to come up with the right design for Mark Darcy's Christmas sweater. They had 20 to 30 knitters come up with design ideas for the ugly Christmas sweater that Mark Darcy wears when he meets Bridget Jones. They had people knitting those? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Welcome to 2021. Go to any thrift store and you can find like a million of those. Yeah. So also not sure if anybody caught this, but it's also a moose and not a reindeer. So a lot of the characters are based on people in Helen Fielding's life. These include Jude, Tracy McDonald. 
McLeod and Shazer, Sharon McGuire, also the film's director. Renee Zellweger spent three weeks working at a publishing house called Picador in London to prepare for the role. The only people who knew that she was an undercover film star was her boss. Her name was Bridget Cavendish while she was there. Uh, Last name Cavendish because she was to be passed off as the sister of Jonathan Cavendish, a friend of one of uh, one of the company chairmen. She also kept a picture of her at the time boyfriend, Jim Carrey, and co-workers wondered why she had a picture of him on her desk, but never asked. Wait, so did nobody know who Renee Zellweger was at this point? I guess not. She was an American actress, so probably not. Hugh Grant only signed onto the movie when Richard Curtis was announced as the writer. Tony Collette declined the lead role because she was on Broadway starring in The Wild Party, and Kate Winslet was considered for it, but producers decided that she was too young. Renee Zellweger gained 17 pounds for the part, consulting a dietitian and endocrinologist who devised a regime of three full meals a day, multiple snacks, and no exercise. I also read, though, that it was 25 pounds that she had gained and not 17. So I don't know which exact one, but she did gain weight for the role. Renee Zellweger smoked herbal cigarettes rather than tobacco. She was also 32 years old when the movie was made, just like Bridget was in the movie. There are three Harry Potter vets in this movie. No, this is my honorable mention. Oh, do you want me to not do it? No, go ahead. Do you have all three? Uh, no, I've got um, Moaning Myrtle. Mm-hmm. I've got uh, Poppy Pomfrey. Madam Pomfrey. Um, Jim Broadbent, who plays Bridget's father, played Professor Horace Slughorn in Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince and reprised his role in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. I will keep the rest for you as your honorable mention. In order to make her English accent seem more natural, Renee Zellweger kept it on set even when she was not shooting. Hugh Grant said he had not heard her speak in an American accent until the rap party after the movie was complete. Some UK wine experts blamed the movie for the dip in Chardonnay sales. The main character drank a lot of wine throughout the movie, but she often indulged in scenes where she was emotionally distraught from her quest to find a husband. This was the second time that Colin Firth played a Mr. Darcy. The first was on BBC's 1995's Pride and Prejudice. Daniel Cleaver was based on George Wickham from Pride and Prejudice. The epic fight scene between Hugh Grant and Colin Firth wasn't choreographed. So they were just doing that. Yeah. Awesome. Isn't that amazing? I love that. This movie is the only one in the franchise to gross more at the box office in the U.S. than the U.K. The movie has different end credits in different countries. In Europe, Australia, and Latin America, the credits show a montage of still plus interviews about Bridget and Darcy with Daniel Cleaver, Mrs. Darcy's parents, and Bridget's boss. In North America, they show a young Bridget and Mark running around the backyard and paddling pool in a home video. These interviews can be found as the deleted scenes, the final deleted scenes, on the North American DVD, while the North American credits are found in the deleted scene material on the European DVDs. The casting of Renee Zellweger as Bridget Jones initially caused some controversy. Fans of the book were outraged over the fact that an American actress was going to play a very British Bridget. It was quickly silenced after her performance received nearly unanimous praise and an Academy Award nomination. Renee Zellweger has said that she's opening to revisit her role as Bridget Jones in the future. Honorable mentions. Okay, so my honorable mention is a Harry Potter vet, but not for the reason of Harry Potter. My honorable mention is Shirley Henderson, who plays one of Bridget's best friends, Jude. She plays Moni Myrtle in Harry Potter, but she also is the voice of Bubba Frick 
in Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Whoa. Yeah. I thought Bubba Frick was the the one that fixes C-3PO. And he has that wild... Bubba Frick, can you help us with this? Zori, is this going to work? Okay, so that kind of goes along with my honorable mention, which is just people from, you know, from other places. Because Bridget's oh. father, Mr. Colin Jones, Jim Broadbent, I actually had him as the titular character in Hot Fuzz. Oh. As well, he won a BAFTA for his role in Moulin Rouge. I had oh, no... cool. I totally forgot about that. And he's in Harry Potter. Yes, which was huge. I love Harry Potter. Um, you mentioned Shirley Anderson. Yeah, she was Moaning Myrtle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bridget's mother, Pamela Jones, is um, played by Gemma Jones. That's the actress's name. She was Poppy Pomfrey or Madame Pomfrey yes. in the Harry Potter series. But one person you did not notice was Uncle Jeffrey. The creepy uncle? That guy is James Faulkner. Okay. And he was Randall Tarly from Game of Thrones. <gasps> oh my gosh. Samuel Tarly's father. You know what? Um, Broadbent was also in Game of Thrones. What? Yes, he was. Yes. Yep. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. This movie just has so many, yeah. so many things. I didn't know that Creepy Uncle was, uh, yeah, okay, He's, I yeah. love it. Randall Tarley. That is a great honorable mention. He gets set on fire beside Tom Hopper, right? <gasps> oh. He gets burned. Our boy Tom Hopper. Yeah. yeah. That's his dad. That's Tom Hopper's My dad gosh. right there. gosh. Okay, I love this. This <laughs> is awesome. Uh, what should have been? I don't have any what should have been because I really do think Bridget ended up with the right person. I was about to say, should this be the only Bridget Jones movie like I, I, I've watched this one before but I'll be honest I haven't watched two or three don't know what happens I've heard Hugh Grant comes back in some capacity he does he comes back for the second movie um, the third one he doesn't is it necessary like were there three books I feel like we tied everything up in a nice little bow here we did I mean the other two were very successful so why not and overall rewatchability yes so my rewatchability is as follows. Chemistry, four. Storyline, three. Thirst Factor, four. Imagination, three. Soundtrack, three. Cheese, three. For a total score of 3.33 out of five. Oh my God. We are having wildly different scores this round. Oh, okay. Is yours lower? No, it's higher. Oh, okay. Much higher. Wow. I had Chemistry, 4.5. Okay. Storyline, four. Mm-hmm. Thirst Factor, four. Wow. Imagination, four. You liked this movie. Soundtrack, five. How could you have it anything else? Oh, because it's raining men? Not just that. Well, what's the opening the song? Attraction. Mark Darcy was mean to her. <gasps> yes. So she goes home and she's just singing along to... Okay, I have to say I am terrible at the soundtrack scoring yeah you are i am i i recognize that so please you know don't believe me cheese i gave to a a, a four which is a 4.25 wow out of five. you love that and i actually don't think the movie was that amazing but hey you add up the scores mm, 4.25 there is what is. we get yeah and this has been the rom-com rewind of bridget jones diary make sure you follow us on instagram at rom-com rewind and tiktok Uh, And Spotify, if that's where you're listening, follow us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.